God damn, I just saw a great video while I was peeing. Uh, it was a he's, cat. Going, he's going off to the bathroom. He's sneaking in content. <laughs> tell me if you tell me if you like this video. You've been on a website. I'll simply describe it to you. Uh, it's I think it's some kind of TikTok or some kind of short video filmed for the internet, right? Mm-hmm. But this woman, I'm guessing the wife or girlfriend, storms into the bedroom. She's exasperated. She sees her boyfriend or husband laying in bed on his back with. Um, like cucumbers on his eyes and a face mask and all, right? Mm-hmm. And right next to him, and I'm not shitting you, right next to him is a cat, like in the spot where the woman clearly belongs, right. is a cat also laying on its back, also with cucumbers on its eyes, tucked under the covers. And I'm like, well, that's staged, whatever. It's cat's just going to leave. And the woman she- comes in and says, I have cancer. <laughs> she takes the cucumbers off the cat's eyes and she's like, chase let's go and she tries to pick up the cat and it bites her like three times it just doesn't want to be moved and i'm like dude that's cats they love their owners well they love they love the fellas welcome to the poor quality podcast ladies and gentlemen uh well, that was a little cat, cat story cats a love description of a cat video cats love the fellas <laughs> i don't know where it became a stereotype that you know cat ladies because cats love the fellas girls don't like cats because girls are emotionally needy they need a dog Welcome to the Poor Quality Podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, where we're talking about women and their emotional neediness. What's that all about? Call in. They sh- <laughs> you should come. Uh, let, let me tell you something. Women love me because my wallet is hung. <laughs> Who's that? Hey! Uh, Howard Stern or whatever? Uh, probably, yeah. Sounds like the kind of thing he would do. You know, I've been, um, you know, I've, uh, you know, I go down my little holes sometimes. Oh, yeah. I go down little holes and you can never quite tell where they're going next. Could it go this way? Could it go that way? I got into Jesus last year. Oh, yeah. I, remember. Uh, I got into, well, so I got into last year. Info I got into sack. a few things. Infosec. A little uh, bit earlier. I've Wall kept Street up bets. with that. Wall Street bets more recently to my S- shame. Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers. The most recent one I've been falling down. The most uh, recent hole I've been sinking into is the same hole that was sunk by the Titanic. Oh, no. <laughs> Titanic conspiracies? The RMS Titanic. And actually, I'm not sure that's exactly... I think it's RMS. Yeah. Royal Majesty's Service. I don't know. Titanic, yeah. No, not conspiracy theories. I did. There are some. But no, I've just been into how the ship fucking sank. How'd it happen? It hit, it, was it, it so anomalous? Was it so anomalous? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's not often that like huge cruise liners sink. Anyway, there have only been, been to, about ten I've or twenty. I've been to Vegas a million times. I've never gone to the Titanic exhibit. It's in the Luxor. I actually want to go. I've never I been know either. It is, yeah, yeah. No, I've read about it, and actually, it sounds like it's got some. I don't know why it's in Vegas of all places, rather than New York or even like Nova Scotia. Well, let me tell but, you something, buddy. When you're in the Luxor and you're highly dehydrated, and you see that exhibit, and it's right <laughs> next to a restaurant that for some reason decides to market themselves by just putting out the most amazing red light that looks like hell. <laughs> you don't want to go anywhere near that. That would be typical Vegas if they had a restaurant that simulated the sinking. Well, I told you, know, you about like when you're I in went the to restaurant the... and it just suddenly starts shaking a little bit I... and then it dips down. <laughs> There's someone playing off, a yeah. four-piece string quartet yeah. playing. The... Well, I told Near you about to that. I told the, you yeah. when I went to the Wow Vegas show and they did a Titanic sinking yeah. dance number. Yeah, now it makes sense because yeah. most of the artifacts of the Titanic there. are in fucking Vegas. They love it. But it makes no sense because that's nowhere near where... Anyway. Oh, you're crazy. No, it's, it Vegas has to do even... with their Freudian death drive. 
Vegas is a place of great vacations oh and desires. Oh my god, we're fucking talking about Vegas. See how he's done that? No, 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 no. I'm no. trying Let's to talk about the Titanic. He's already like, Vegas. <laughs> no, no, no. Because Vegas you. is a place where people <laughs> chase their desires on a vacation. So when they look at the Titanic, they see, wow, in the Victorian era, a bunch of people chased their desires to go on the world's best vacation and they fucking drowned in ice water for it. So they're fascinated with it. In the same way... Freud theorized the death drive. Oh, that's a spectacularly boring point. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go ahead. So what did you learn? Are about you telling the... me that Vegas is slightly shallow? And a little I'm not bit... saying it's shallow. <laughs> <laughs> and saying... a little bit uh, oblivious. Yeah, it's maybe. neither. It's none of those. I'm saying it's it's actually very in <laughs> no, tune. it's fulfilling and great. I'm saying it's it's actually in tune with itself because yeah. it loves learning about people who went wrong learn, doing the same things no, they right. did. Yeah, you know all those wise motherfuckers walking around Vegas. They're smart as shit. The guy with the roll tied on his They're arm. They're in touch with <laughs> This too shall pass. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> nah, yeah, I've, I've been reading about it because I, for some reason, watched the movie again. Um, which, oh, how was way, it? How's it hold up? <sighs> I know. I, I mean, I didn't like it that much in the beginning, but I, I mean, the one thing I remember from watching it when I was a kid—I probably watched it when I was like eight or nine. Yeah, for the I first saw it time. in theaters. So, oh yeah. wow, yeah. yeah. So I was like eight or nine, and probably watched it again when I was thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. and like never cared about the love story part. Never liked it. Uh, well, that's uh, the only part I liked. <laughs> right. The rest no. was so miserable. No, but the, I liked the people like you know bouncing off the stern as oh, they're falling into the water. Never forget that. And I, I, I thought Early in my trauma. head, I thought in my head, I was like, because I haven't seen it for so long, I was like, I must have been making that funnier than it actually is. And now as an adult, <laughs> but no, sure enough, I watched it and like for a while when it starts sinking, I'm like, oh yeah, no, maybe I really overestimated in my head. It's just a bunch of people fighting over what lifeboat to get in. Uh, but no, sure enough, when it splits, that's when the people start, the bodies start bouncing off things and into the water. And I was like, that's fucking great. That's really, really good filmmaking right there. It is for the fucking 90s. That's no, impressive. I'm not trying to blank you. I'm I'm literally in a depression hole right now, thinking about the old couple on the bed while the water is flooding in no, around dude, them. No, dude, me and my wife were watching it. And we were like, yeah, that's us right there. Like That's, that, that's so what we would do. Sad. No, that's not sad. That's, they had the best fucking solution. They probably heard you know people fighting over lifeboats up there and going all mental, and they thought to themselves, look, as, the way I see it, we're tired. We're in bed. We're old. Mm-hmm. We're going down. Let's just go down in the most comfortable way we can. That's the most uplifting part of the movie. You're those. cry thinking about it. It's so sad. No, it's perfect. There's they're nothing not sad. worse. Look there's at nothing them. worse. Th- they're very sad. No, they're there's not. They're lying in bed with water coming up, and they're than, just like, you know, this is cool. There's only one thing worse than dying when you know you're going to die. Like, say someone comes up, you got 20 minutes, then you're going to die. There's, that's the worst thing that can ever happen to you, psychologically. Is it? Okay. But then being with your partner and like, oh, I'm gonna, they're going to die too. Oh well, the thing is, you don't. That's only one. It's like a ten-second shot in the movie. You don't know what their history is at all. Traumatize the shit out of it me. It could be. I mean, do you think one of them convinced the other into doing it? <laughs> the Honey, woman's I like, I really want to live. Us. I really want to get like you know. We're on our way to New York. We're gonna see our grandkids or whatever. And the guy's just like, no, yeah, no. Let's just let's just lie let's down. Just, let's just lie. Let's just, just have a little sleep. And... I don't want to be alive, but I don't want you to be alive either. <laughs> Yeah, no, I no, I like that bit, but me and my wife laughed at that bit because it's exactly what we would do in that situation. It's like, I'll stay in bed, fuck it. Like, oh god, we're dude, going I, down. Like, it's pretty obvious that no one's getting out of this alive. So, like, you know, fuck it, let's go. God, I, uh, dude, the last and you know what's really treacherous about Titanic? That if I remember correctly, <laughs> that that sad part is like easily half the movie, maybe the last hour. 
it feels so long and it's so sad. The sinking part? Yeah. I, I see. I don't find it that sad, but it, it's kind of it's good. It's well it's it's well made. It's better made than I would expect from you know. Oh no, it's good. Back I, on it. I I remember it all being well made. Yeah. No, it's better. It's better made than I thought. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with but, James Cameron knows how to make. But a movie. like Leonardo DiCaprio and fucking Kate Winslet, are terrible. That that those characters are awful. I oh, the only thing I remember, that. I remember basically three things about the movie. I remember the guy bouncing off the stern, but I remember him no, bouncing. Th- off there's the, more than one. I remember the there's guy bouncing few. off a propeller. They, yeah, that too. Okay, there's so that's bunch, what I remember. There's a bunch of people bouncing off things as they fall in, and that's yeah. great. Like that's, <laughs> that's really horrible. really good. It's horrible. No, that's it's good. so sad. Oh, I remember four things. I remember the bouncing off the propeller. I remember the. Quartet still playing as it yeah, goes down, which is true. I remember supposedly. the couple choosing to die in their bed, which I the most miserable thing I've ever What's seen. The most uplifting part of the movie, but yeah, it's okay. up. That's I think that's why it hits me so hard. And then I remember the beginning, which is Leonardo DiCaprio winning the tickets in a card yeah. game. <laughs> which, by the way, I mean, <sighs> just sucks. Is I mean, Billy Zane bald in that movie? No, he's not bald. He's got. Let me see. In my head, I got mixed up. Is Billy Zane secretly bald? Is that what I've heard? Is he that the rumor? He is bald. He, he looks like the kind of. He wears, guy he go wears rugs. But he, I mean, I, I was kind of. That was great casting for as kind of cliched a movie as that is because he does just have like an asshole face. Yeah. Like, it's really unfortunate because he might, for all I know, he might be an awesome dude. But like, Billy Zane. he's got one of yeah. those faces where it's like, oh, that's an asshole. And like, the only other movie I really remember him in is, well, Dead Calm. And then also. Which is also one about weirdly enough, where he's an asshole. Um, but he's also one of the bullies in Back to the Future. He's one of Biff's crew. Oh, he's that old? Yeah, he's an old man. Yeah, he's been around. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, so he always seems to play an asshole. And fair enough, like he has an asshole face. Yeah, he really does. Uh, but well, there's, yeah, I mean, two, very... there's two like people who actually weirdly have movie star good looks, but they've always been character actors, and that's Billy Zane and Timothy Oliphant. Where I'm like, I, I know they Timothy. exist, but who the fuck are these people again? Uh, they're, they're, Timothy Elephant's been in plenty of things. What's he been in? Justified? Deadwood. That's the one I'm thinking of. What's Deadwood? <laughs> who cares? A lot Is that a good show? A lot of people love What's it. What's that on yeah. HBO? I don't love it, but... Should I watch it? It was on Is HBO. Is that like Red yeah. Dead Redemption, the yeah, yeah, I'm TV sure, series? I'm sure you could look in the Cumtown archives. They probably talked about it, because it's, you know... The Cumtown... Well, that's where you got The Sopranos from. That's where you <laughs> that got... Is, you know what? That is true. Yeah. You're suddenly into basketball, and then I'm like, oh, that's where Matt's is into basketball. No, that's it. Put, put on Cumtown on the way home, and suddenly they're like, you're a fucking NBA. Yeah. Oh, well, those no. are men. Those are men. Yeah, fucking oh, NBA. No. Oh, Nick, those Nick guys are awesome. Nick doesn't they're like sports awesome. at all. Well, they always talk about the NBA, and then uh, I'm yeah, like, think- oh, Max has done something good. He, he's, he's talking about Adam Curtis, and... I type oh, in that's Adam Red Curtis Scare. and oh, Red Scare associated yeah, with Comptown. That's yeah, the only thing I. That's oh that is true. Yeah. So yeah. those are those last two are true. I've got to well, like, pre-screen w- any any topics you want to bring up in case they've already been discussed. <laughs> the first and by third are people than the us. first and third are true. The middle one, basketball came from David Dickens, but uh, well, it's lucky though you get to understand more of Comptown now. Yeah, I was like, I'll get into it if it helps you understand Comptown. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, but anyway, yeah, Titanic is fucking cool. Well, you know the main thing yeah, they talk about on Comptown. Night to remember. You know the main thing they talk about on Comptown oh, is Red Dead Two, bitch. So you should well, thank your lucky stars. Well, everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone. Anyway, anyway so you watch that, Titanic. But, How'd it go? You know, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. But I wanted to learn more about the actual, you know, the actual ship. I got into this musician recently, this uh, minimalist British composer who uh, does kind of experimental things. He's got a thing called the Sinking of the Titanic, which is uh, he got an orchestra to record all the songs they played as they went down, but it's like Ugh. a long loop. Goes for about 
uh, I think it's about 40 minutes long, 30, 40 minutes long. It's really, really good. <laughs> you should listen to it. What? A, can I? That's. How many people survived the Titanic? Do you know? Uh, the women did. Uh, <laughs> the woman, no, the it, women, or the woman? The women. Okay. It was like disproportionately. Because it was women and children first. Yeah, yeah. But, so it was mostly the women that survived and children. There weren't that many children on it in the first place. Um, so I think it was. I think fifteen hundred died out of twenty five hundred passengers. Christ. Something like that. But you gotta wonder, don't you? Like, and there was some like uh, pretty big, um, you know, shakers and movers on that on that mm-hmm. uh, on that voyage. And one of them, I think it was one of the Astors or the Guggenheims or something like that. Uh, apparently, you know, the the crisis started. They started getting people into the life jackets. He changed out of. He was in his nightwear. He was in his, uh, you know, casual wear, and he changed into his uh, suit, into his, <laughs> you know, uh, formal night suit. Uh, yeah, whatever you call it, you know, whatever the in 1912, what, what would you wear? Your formal attire? Yeah, he changed into his formal your, attire. Your evening his, clothes? I don't know. Yeah, and his and his top hat, and loudly said that he wasn't going to get on any lifeboats and that he was going to go down with the ship like a gentleman. Good for him. Oh, no, that's a man right there. Yeah, yeah, freezing his balls off. I yeah, that's that's the thing. Here's what I always wonder: is there's so many stories like that from the Titanic that I'm like. I guess I don't know the time. When did the Titanic sink? The Victorian era? 1912. Oh, later then. 1912. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in the modern era. I mean, like, dude, we're like five years from Marcel Duchamp. There's no morals anymore. No, we like, get people fucking uh, TikToking live from the from the sinking boat. You know? <laughs> I mean, this is the not that long ago. 2012 was the 100th yeah. anniversary <laughs> of the yeah, fucking no, no, Titanic. It was, a, it was a total disaster. It was an uh, absolute and then, disaster. Oh, my God. Wait, did anyone ever do this? The War of 1812. The Titanic of 1912 and the Mayan apocalypse of 2012. There's like a big catastrophe. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's the 12s. What if 3012 is bad? (laughs) (laughs) I hope I never live to find out. Well, yeah. I mean, we're coming up to 2022. That's kind of a 12. Mm -hmm. 12 after the millennium. 12 minus 10. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, one of my favorite stories, we learned about, we learned a lot about that in school for some reason, the Titanic. But I forgot about it. I, I guess because it was like, you know, it was a British, well, Irish-made um, ship. So oh, good. And it sailed from Southampton. So They were all drunk while they were building it. That's what you learned. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why they no, died. No, no, but we learned, uh, evidently it was important enough to learn a bit about school. And I remember very vividly our history teacher telling us about the chef, the head baker, who survived. Yeah. Seemingly miraculously, mm-hmm. he went down with the ship, but he survived. He like, swam the shore. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what it was? What he was drunk. Oh, and supposedly, he just couldn't feel the cold or whatever. Supposedly, yeah. Even though apparently it's it's now been scientifically medically disproven that alcohol actually alcohol actually raises your potential for hypothermia. Yeah. But he credited it to him when he learned the ship was going down, just getting shit faced. <laughs> he just got hammered, and he went down. He like he hung on to the. He was the last known survivor. He was the last person they pulled out of the water. And unlike the other survivors they pulled out, who were like practically dying of hypothermia, and yeah. some of them did later die. 
he had like no ill effects whatsoever. He got out of the water and he was totally fine. <laughs> and he, he credits it to being drunk. He, he was I, I I forget his name. I looked him up. He has this whole whole Wikipedia article That's to himself because he survived in like very <laughs> odd circumstances. Dude, you and your wife could say whatever you want about being in the bed, but that's actually what you'd do on the Titanic if it was going down. You're like going to the, you're going to the kitchen quarters and you're getting yeah, wasted. Dude. I mean, like, it seems much better than like bouncing off of fucking sterns or whatever. Yeah. It's I'd like be, they're saying in Earthquake, the best thing to do is stay in bed. If you're in bed, just lie there. Don't do anything. Well, you say that until you have like a big, heavy glass-framed portrait over the top of your headboard. Well, that first of all, that's a stupid thing to do. But secondly... Thank you. I agree. Well, it is. But also, that's not going to hurt you that much. Not as much as like Getting a, glass shattered in your fucking face eh, is going to hurt you pretty bad. A portrait it could for, blind you. Depends how big it is. You know, you could easily go, oh, it's coming down. Yeah, true. You know, like, it's not that bad. But yeah, having... You know, half of a structure full on you is not so good. Yeah, it's not the best, yeah. is it? Um, do you remember? Uh, oh God, what did I have for this? Uh, senses fail. This captain goes down senses with the ship. Uh, <laughs> no, fuck. Uh, oh, you know, you always hear all those stories that that sound so apocryphal, like the idea of like, oh, the the band kept playing. Apparently or, true. But and yeah, but Everyone's it's like you gotta, gotta wonder if that. all the victims got together and they were like, "Wouldn't this be a cool story?" <laughs> no, no. Apparently, because I'm like, if I'm a if I'm a cellist on the Titanic, because it's like that's a decision that has to be made by the comp- the conductor, right? Well, supposedly he let them go to mm-hmm. try and find boats, and he kept playing because well, he's he a was, conductor. He does not well, play anything. A, no, no. He he was a violinist too. They didn't have just a conductor. They oh, had okay. it was a band, a quartet, I think, or a quintet, okay. led by one guy. And he let them go. Uh, he kept playing because I think there was some, like the captain going down and the architect going down. There's like an honor thing where it's like we yeah. were we're part of the crew. We have to go down with it. Yeah. Um, but apparently the band tried to get on boats, but it was women and children only or first anyway. And it was it was apparently really ramshackle. They hadn't done any like drills or anything like that. So some people misinterpreted women and children first as women and children only. So right. even when, you know, men were waiting to get on and there were no more women and children, they would let a, a lifeboat down which was only half full because Christ Almighty, <laughs> and that is the birth of the fucking red pill. That's, that's the birth of Motown, right there. Men dying for no good reason, just because people misinterpreted the instructions. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah. So apparently, the, uh, most of the quintet uh, couldn't get on the boat, so they just came back and started playing with him again. They went I down just... the whole way. I and just, there was a priest who also went down. Uh, and actually, it's kind of surprising that a lot of that is in the movie. Like they yeah. did, and the and the baker is too. You will realize that Leon, Leo and Kate end up at the uh, the I guess the stern right at the back, the bit which tips as it it breaks in half and then it tips mm-hmm. down and goes down. And you very briefly see this guy in like a chef's hat, uh, dr- swigging from a mm-hmm. a flask, and that's supposed to be. This uh, this head baker guy who who is famous for having survived with like no ill effects, dude. I can't take it. I mean, it's like it's the Titanic is such an intersection of all my worst fears. Where it's I like, know I was thinking about that. Well, it's like it's so I got one. One is like I hate the idea of getting a prognosis, <laughs> which is like so. Say I got cancer, and like say I go to the doctor for some routine blood work, and they're like, "Oh, you have stage four cancer. You got three months." I love that. I would hate that. Oh god, that would give you that would give me such a good timeline. 
I would love no, that. No, fuck that. Because I'm not, like, I'm like, I don't, you have to reckon with, like, well, I can act a fool, but what do I have to live for? It's like, all I'm really thinking about while I'm living that three months is, like, I'm going to die in three months, two months, one month, three weeks, you know. You'd be surprised, though. I've read a lot about, you know, people who get that kind of diagnosis. Some who survive, like, they get weird diagnoses mm-hmm. to, you know, say they've got six months to live, and then they end up living for ten years later. But um, they say that that uh, that would that the experience of getting that diagnosis was the best thing that ever happened to them. Oh God, thinking about your it loved ones, it completely changes. Thinking your about life. having to say goodbye to your loved ones and having to be like the guilt of having to be like, "Hey, you should probably move on and not watch me fucking die." Well, yeah, but you say that now, like, but then you're living your life as of now, as far as we know, not having any prognosis whatsoever, and you're wasting every day. Well, <laughs> sure, of course, that's fine though. No, that's, I think there is something to. No, to I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about anything regarding like. I never saw the Grand Canyon. Like I don't really. No, give a nothing shit. like that. Nothing like that. But you, I, I think it. You know, when when you get those little reminders, it happens to people even who like. Let's say they lose a loved one in an accident, or they, mm-hmm. like a relevant uh, <laughs> a relative in a car accident, or something mm-hmm. like that. They get this kind of sensation where it's like, oh fuck, that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we think about car crashes and stuff, it could happen to other people. Yeah, oh, I have, yeah. that's something that happens, but it never happens to us. Yeah. But when it does, that get that gives you something or whatever, which mm-hmm. apparently really benefits your life. Okay, so you know, keep that in mind. When you get your, you will get a prognosis at some point, and I fucking will not. Oh no, you'll live forever. Don't put that on me. <laughs> no, I'll, I'm the gonna cheese it to keep me young. I'm gonna die suddenly. <laughs> I hope. Oh, well, we'd hope. Yeah, I'm gonna I die mean, with no warning. Yeah, well, Some hitman's gonna murk me. I'm gonna be in an opera, and hitman's <laughs> gonna replace the gun. <laughs> Why do they have out for you? Yeah, <laughs> what have you done? It's too, but... he, he's too powerful. <laughs> but no, yeah, so it's yeah, that. Yeah. It's so it's the intersection of like, and that's worse because like three months is one prognosis, but twenty minutes is another. So it's. It's, it's like about two it's hours the same. For the it's the same sink. fear people have about being on a plane that's crashing. People aren't afraid of the oh, dying. I'd love that. People are afraid of the going down. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, so that sucks. And then it's thalassophobia because you're not necessarily dying. Yeah. It's wow, I'm out here in the ocean, so I'm either going to drown or hypothermia to death or both yeah. or something. That's the part I wouldn't like. I would rather. Dr- that's why I would that's like to be in that I was bed. wondering like, myself. I was like, well, do I go. risk being rescued by a boat? Or do I blow my brains out on the ship with whatever antique pistol someone has? Well, someone does that. One of the uh, one of the crewmen does that. Yeah, because he has to shoot someone for trying. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't. I haven't found anything to verify that. But yeah, in the movie, some uh, one of the crewmen has to shoot someone for trying too hard to force his way onto a lifeboat, and then he shoots himself off the edge. And that's probably not one of the worst ways to go on that ship. That's probably not a bad way to go. It's just horrible. It's just so fucking horrible it's morbid like ugh. yeah i think of it as worse than 9-11 like i don't know why i guess because i don't know i guess because i don't because i don't know the details of 9-11 do you not and there's not much detail to it i mean but i'm like okay with someone on the middle floors of 9-11 how much time did they have to think about it before they got crushed probably a few minutes and that's horrible too. No, dude, it's, the, it's the people who felt that the best thing to do was to jump out. That's the worst, dude. The flying man. You think about that. Not just one flight. There were loads. 
Ugh. There's one that they like focused on because they sort of did a deep dive into his life, which I'm sure he would have loved. But um, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. That that freaks me out. Like being stuck in a burning building, you know, knowing it's probably coming down and thinking. I'll tell you this: somebody must have made them think. Okay, the best thing to do is to jump 500 stories or whatever it was. Yeah, I could be balls wrong, but I just don't think that I would ever th- throw myself out a window. Because I don't think I think I'm too I'm too afraid of death. Supposedly, like, I don't want to die with dignity ever. I want to hang on to the last fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rage against the dying light. So like, suppo- supposedly, the thing is, if you if you jump from that much of a height, you go unconscious before you hit the ground. I don't care. You still experience like throwing yourself out a window. <laughs> yeah. Well, you like roller coasters, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm like we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but did you ever see that documentary? Speaking of fucking movies that have no conscience, mm. this is a documentary. The Bridge. Is that about the guy who walks between the twin towers on the tightrope? No, 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 no. That's Man on Wire. No, no, no. no, no I don't know the bridge. No, the bridge is. Oh, wait, yes, I do because you showed it to me. It's the... No, I, I, I shouldn't did say I? it's that funny, but it is very funny. You showed me the ending scene of the guy uh, back Tommy flipping. Wiseau. Yeah, um, yeah wait, Tommy Wiseau. He looks like Tommy Wiseau. He's oh, he dressed does like Tommy Wiseau, like, okay. and he's. It's in San Francisco, which, as we know, the room is definitely set in by all yeah. the establishing shots. Uh, yeah, no, so the bridge is, you know, really horrible. Because uh, the idea of that movie, yeah, I think you can find it on Amazon. You should go watch it. It's miserable. Um, they, the documentary crew set up a camera every day of the year for a whole year uh, looking at the Golden Gate Bridge, mm-hmm. which is apparently... Uh, suicide hot uh, suicide hotspot it has something like over over hundred suicides a year, and uh, so this this documentary crew just set up a camera from a distance and kind of zoomed in on the bridge and followed anyone who looked like they might be about to jump. And sure enough, some of them did. And then they you know later on presumably went and found the victims' families and talked to them about it. But it's interspersed with footage of these people, you know, sort of standing looking over the edge. Yeah, and then you see them. Climb over to the other side. Yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. And then they jump. And uh, yeah, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's that's pretty rough really... to witness. And then they put it, well, the I, if I recall, the... they put it to music, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I they, can yeah, they, be they... your hero, baby. <laughs> I believe I can fly. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty horrible. And, and they got, rightfully, they got criticism for yeah, it. It's, it's like, hang on, you saw people who were clearly thinking about jumping and you did nothing to stop it? Oh, that's not what I thought about it. I thought it was... I just assumed they set up remote cameras. No, they weren't remote. People were watching that? Yeah. Oh, that's they a follow whole... Them. They follow them. Yeah. They're like, that's horrendous. The Tommy Wazoka, the guy who, who's the final jumper... Who backflips. Um, yeah, it, he was walking up and down for hours. And they could, and they were following him every because they could tell, you know, they start, started to learn. All right, here's what people. First of all, most people don't walk up and down the Golden Gate Bridge. It's too long. Like mm-hmm. it's not a way of, it's not a commute. You know, because uh, how long is that bridge? It's like the best part of a mile. It's really long. Yeah, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably it's close to a mile. Yeah. So people, are, so when they see people on it, they're like, okay, well they're on here for some reason or other, and uh, yeah, but they do nothing. They don't apparently phone Coast Guard, don't phone mm-hmm. anyone, don't phone the police, don't phone. They just watch it because it's good for their documentary because they've decided to make a documentary about people jumping off the fucking. Well, Golden it's, Gate bridge. it's literally like the Family Guy joke of someone jumping off a building and everyone's gasping, and you have the cameraman going, "Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff." Yeah, <laughs> like. It kind of is like that. Yeah. So, but it, it's a good documentary in the sense that it's like, well, we, well, you don't get to see that often. 
But really, yeah, ethically, you should have. Something should have come in. Like maybe, maybe after like the fiftieth, fiftieth day, like the fourth suicide, the fifth suicide. Maybe you just start to think, okay, we should maybe try and stop these people from jumping to their miserable death because it's not a good death jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. No, you You're don't. Basically, doing you an don't ultimate belly flop and yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm good. sure you're still alive when you hit the water. Probably it's not that high. And yeah. by the way, I'll say this: I'll bet you about halfway down <laughs> you the air. Regret it at 100. <laughs> percent I'll bet yeah. you because it's long enough. It's long enough to have the thought. Yeah, I've always thought about that with skydiving. Is I don't think I could take the psychological torment. I would never do it. Of falling and then halfway through being like, whoo, but the whole fall, I'd be going, what if this doesn't open? I'd ma- I'd maybe do it if I had, you know how they do it in the twosomes? Mm-hmm. Well, where, that's how they, yeah, that's how you do it. Oh, no, I just saw. If you're a beginner, you would do it that way. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. saw a viral video recently of somebody uh, like rope swinging. They had a parachute on their back. And they rope swang out of a hot air balloon and they fell all the way down. And the the horrible thing about it is that the TikTok cut off before they deployed their parachute. <laughs> so it looked like they died. But oh, man. it was like it was on it wasn't even a TikTok. It was some video on like uh Strange Strange LA or one of those yeah. tourist sites. But ugh, the idea ever- of free falling like that is ugh no. You got too it, long to think about. I don't like yeah. it. No. But dude, what if I do it and I'm like, I end up like fucking like Kirsten Dunst in Melancholy. I just don't pull it. <laughs> Let it happen. Why? I'm like turning to the person. I'm like, do you know how much I hate you? I don't value you at all. <laughs> Have you ever been in a uh, hot air balloon? No, that sounds really scary. I'm really afraid of heights. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Well, me too. Yeah. But, I'm not going up there. Yeah. I've been in a hot air balloon. It's horrible. Absolutely terrifying. I've been, I'll tell you this. Oof. I've been up to the top of the fake Eiffel Tower at the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. <laughs> I didn't like that either. Because <laughs> they make the you stand, the they make you stand on like a mesh, like a, a mesh grating so you can see below your feet. Yeah. Fuck the, that. The, the Twin Towers, before they got, a month before they got knocked down, I was in there, they had a, like a glass floor apart. Like you know, a little little bit towards mm. the window where you could stand and just look the fuck down. It was horrible. The space but, needle, the space needle has that as well in oh, Seattle. Yeah, what is it with humans trying to test their luck? I don't get They're it. Trying either. their luck, just don't. it makes me want to <laughs> fucking vomit. Like when yeah. I look below my feet and I think, wow, if by some weird wizardry this glass just <laughs> broke. Yeah, and I fell. <laughs> this is what I'd be seeing. Well, they have that. Isn't that fun? They have that slide in a that slide in a skyscraper in downtown. I can't remember which building it is, but it's a, it's a slide mm. that you can go from one floor to the other. But it's a transparent glass slide, so you're I, I don't know how many stories up, but very high in the air, and you're going down like a kind of water slide with no water. Yeah, just on the outside of the building. That sounds awful. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do it. Lib and I were just in uh, Vegas, and we, we didn't go in it, but I, look, I was looking at the stratosphere, and they're still running the rides that are at the top of the stratosphere. Oh, you see that one that, that tips you right off the edge? Tips you... It's not so even a ride. There's, it's not even a it's ride. Not even it's, a ride. It's, just, it's psychological it's torture. Yeah. <laughs> they put you in a little car, yeah. and I believe and your legs just, are dangling. Yeah, they just tip the track down. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you and know what goes, else they do? It goes off the track, and then it You drops. go off yeah. the edge of the Space Needle, or... Uh, 
the, yeah. the stratosphere. So basically a looking thing. And yeah, Vegas. and yeah. you hang all the way off the edge, so your view is just nothing. And then they give you a fake out, the clink, yeah. and it feels like you're gonna. It feels yeah. like the ride broke, and you're gonna yeah, fall. Yeah, I've, I've seen videos of it, and I would never. And you know what's crazy about it? You know yeah. what's crazy about it? I'll bet you. No matter how many times you watch the people ahead of you in line do the fake clink, I bet you It'll get, get you. scared every It'll time. Get you. Yeah, no. no, that stuff is just mean, dude. I'll do the drop. I'll do. Mean. I'll even do drop rides, but I'm more nervous about them than almost any other ride. I don't like them. No. Have you ever been to the drop ride at Knott's uh, Berry Farm? No, I've never been to Knott's Berry Farm. You got to remember, I don't like rides as much as I want to oh, go yeah, back I to forgot, Disneyland. I forgot. Dude, I, you and I, I will you and I will go to Knott's together. I don't think you'll like it. I won't even go on the <laughs> I won't even go on the Gardens of the Galaxy. But I w- what I will do if I go to Florida, I will go on their Tower of Terror because it looks so cool. The it's way better than the California one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, now they got Guardians fucking bullshit in it. But I love Knott's, dude. And Knott's is so cheap. Like you and I can go there. It's like forty bucks. I've looked I've looked into it though, and there are only really about three roller coasters I would go on. You don't need the roller coasters, dude, because that's the great or the thing drop about, ride. I wouldn't go on the drop. That's the great thing about Knotts like is uh, they got a whole ghost town. If we go during yeah, the summer, they got ghost town why don't we alive. Just go to Calico for fun. That's because Calico doesn't count. have people pretending that they're in the old west. It, it could if we got our costumes. You, what you, why, you know why? Because one is three hours away and one's like forty minutes away with no traffic. I like Boston. <laughs> All right, we're staying Boston. We'll go to Calico in the days. We'll make our own psycho. <laughs> Why don't we go to Calico? Have you been to Calico? Yes, yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> it's really boring. <laughs> I've been twice now. Stupid. Well, you know where I want to go, though. What? Uh, I'm going to say it wrong because I don't remember the name, but uh, Taponapa, Nevada, the mm. Clown Motel. Oh, the Clown Motel. Yeah, and I've seen the ads. I've seen uh, a lot of different. This is a confluence of a lot of different YouTube channels will go to this because <laughs> I've seen like uh, Ghost Hunter mm-hmm. channels will go to, as if. Well, it's, it's a clown motel and people are scared of clowns and it's right by like an old frontier cemetery. Yeah. It's perfect. And what's odd about it is I'm like, it's not like clowns are haunted. No, but people. Like, why are these people fucking ghost hunters going to the clown hotel? People associate clowns with scary things. So here's one thing that's funny is I do have a suspicion about the Tonopah Clown Hotel. I don't think it's the Tonopah. Let me check. It's something Let's like that. Let's get this right because we might say it Carson City. It's somewhere in Nevada. It's uh, it's north of Vegas. Uh, let me see. Tonopah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tonopah. T-O-N-O-P-A-H. Yeah. 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 Tonopah. So in the Tonopah Clown Hotel... I've seen a lot of uh, haunted videos. I've seen like multiples from multiple channels. Of course, they're all 20 minutes long. <laughs> and uh, they all stay in the clown hotel. And honestly, the the rooms are unremarkable. They're pretty unremarkable, yeah. But what appears to happen is all of them report someone creepy either brushing along the window or hitting the window mm-hmm. or something. So it's leads me to believe one or two things. YouTube channels are very uncreative and they just get their friend to do it for the channel. Most likely. Or I, maybe the manager just likes to have fun. Possibly. That's the one I'm more interested well, in. Well, that's the thing. If we ever go, and we should, mm-hmm. we should stay in the Clownvis suite. What? Clownvis has Clown his own Vis suite? Presley made a song and a music video at the Clown Motel and was dedicated to his own suite. Sucking on chili dogs. Yeah, <laughs> is that, that did, him? Did you listen to that? I, I sent it to you. Uh, the the clown, his clown motel song. 
No, I I just I didn't I didn't click it. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, you should. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my own piss right now. Okay. Uh, click on the. Okay. Watch that, that right in now. the meantime, and then we're gonna get back and we're gonna talk about Clownvis. All right. Because that's somewhere to go. Because he on his latest live stream was talking about starting his own Burning Man there in T- in Tanapa. <laughs> All right, you guys are gonna hear a little hold, You guys are gonna hear a little hold music, then we'll be back. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll put that song in. I think it's great. Yeah. I genuinely do. I, right. I'm not. I'm not saying that to be ironic. I think it's really good. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, that was Clownvis Presley with his song Clown Motel. What the fuck is Clownvis? Like, because he's, he's not, he's almost like a jack of all trades master. He's not a bad singer, not a bad musician. No, he's actually quite good. He's not um, a bad comedian. <laughs> well, you were the one who brought him up. I, I think it's yeah. on the podcast, actually. But um, yeah, you brought him up, and I was like, oh, fuck, you know about that too? Yeah, I know Clownvis. Yeah, because I knew about Clownvis from, um, I think I'm allowed to, yeah, I'm okay to say that I used to work on a show. Mm-hmm. I used to work on a show called America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. and Clownvis was on it, and mm-hmm. 
I think like 2010 or 2011. Mm -hmm. So a few years before I got onto it. But, you know, every now and then in the office, I would ask, you know, because the judges are... Yeah, kind of. It's like whatever. Like, it's like Randy Newman, Paul Abdul. No, that was like American that. Idol. Uh, no, oh. America's Got Talent at the time. Clownvis was on. Was Harry Mandel, Sharon Osbourne, and Piers Morgan. Of all Piers people. Morgan. Yeah, Piers Morgan. Oh, that guy. When when he was trying the to break Bill O'Reilly of England. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Dude. But um, so I was on it a few years later than that. But I would sometimes ask people who'd worked on the show for a while. I'd be like, you know, did anyone just come on and? completely rip the piss out of the judges or mm-hmm. just kind of point out how stupid it was mm-hmm. and they, you know, they would say oh well the, there was a clown once <laughs> and you'd hear like I kept it's hearing like in whispered tones yeah seriously I kept hearing about this this clown that used to, that went on once and apparently just took the fucking piss <laughs> and uh I later learned it was Clownvis. And, uh, yeah, so what he'd done, um, I, I think I, I, well, yeah, so, so I'd heard about this, there was a clown once who made fun of the judges. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was funny. But I never looked into it any more than that. I didn't try and find the footage or anything. Um, but then years later, a year or two later, uh, when I was still working on the show, I met someone called uh, Mike Hickey, major entertainer Mike H. Yeah who's friends with uh, Greg Turkington mm-hmm. slash Neil Hamburger. And I was talking to him at a show, at Neil Hamburger show, and um, I and he asked me what I did for a living, and I said, I work for America's Got Talent. And he was like, oh, do you know Clownvis? He's our friend. Mm-hmm. Our friend Clownvis was on that show, and uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've got a whole story about Greg Turkington and America's Got Talent, but yeah. that'll be another... Yeah, uh, that doesn't make him sound very good. No, he's, um, no, he's, no, he's not going to come off as good as Clownvis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So uh, so Mike, yeah, uh, major entertainer Mike H. was talking mm-hmm. about Clownvis and how he'd been on the show. And uh, so I was thinking to myself, all right, well, I should look into this Clownvis guy. Now I had a name for the clown. It wasn't just a clown. It was yeah, Clownvis. Yeah. Is um, it quick... Is it Clownvis Presley or is it Clownvis just Presley. Clownvis? I think now he goes by Clownvis. Okay. Uh, but Clownvis Presley originally. And okay. uh, when I looked on... <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> that was great. It's not... Elvis just replaced L with clown. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good because, you know, he, he... So he went on America's Got Talent and apparently, according to him, they, they found him. Yeah. Not the other way around, which is most likely true. Like I, 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 he was doing. I'll bet you he's been on like booby trap a zillion times. And uh, yeah, I mean he had a show at the Improv that was kind of regular. He's um, probably at, at absinthe once. Clownvis <laughs> <Like, laughs> is like know. a working man. Like no, I don't know about that, but he'd been around enough to the point where obviously America's Got Talent had decided to cast him. Yeah, which is what they did. Like they, yeah. Ameri- ever since I worked on it, anyway, most the vast majority of the acts that made it to air were people they had asked to do it. Rather yeah, than, yeah, sure. They didn't just turn up an audition somewhere, you know. Yeah. Um. So I guess they got in touch with him. They got him to do, it, and then he was he was originally gonna do one of his Elvis covers, but then I guess last minute they couldn't get the rights to it. Which also happens quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they said, um, "All right, can you do another song?" And he said. Well, I don't want to cause you any more trouble with rights, so why don't I just do Old MacDonald Had a Farm? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, which I thought was funny, too. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, he knew that he wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think he got that idea pretty quickly. And so he decided, yeah, I'll just do something really stupid. And then the real acts will start after they 
buzz me off. Yeah. So he goes on stage. And he has like these handlers with him. He's got them in all most of his videos too. I don't know if you've seen them. He's got like mock handlers. Yeah, these kind of like dudes who look kind of like mafia like mafia guys standing on either <laughs> side of him. And he goes on stage and just starts singing, Oh McDonald had a farm. Yeah. E-I-E-I-O. Singing like this kind of Elvis yeah. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gets buzzed, bam, 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 gets three buzzes, which stops the act. And then he's, you know, just got to talk to the judges. And the first one is Piers Morgan, who says something to the effect of, well, you know, I've got to be honest, uh, you're dressed like a clown and you went on stage and you sang, oh, McDonald has a farm. I would say that's probably one of the worst acts I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, in that very, like, pretentious, cunty way that Piers yeah. Morgan talks. And Clownvis just says to him, uh, who are you? <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> and he, I think he called him, um, like, Pierre. He said, who are you, yeah. Pierre? And he goes, it's Piers, Piers Morgan, mm-hmm. and I'm your worst nightmare. Oh, yeah, And the absolutely. audience are like, yeah! And, a, and Piers Morgan, if you're rooting for Piers Morgan, you're I mean, a cunt. Dude, like, if you go on the YouTube, uh, yeah, the, the, it's still on YouTube in very bad quality, but yeah, the, one of the top comments is something like, I'm your worst nightmare coming from Piers Morgan. It would have been more convincing coming from Betty White. <laughs> it's such a pathetic display of like... I'm your worst but nightmare. But you could tell that he got... like that, That's what I kind of find great about him because it seems like kind of oh who are you anyway yeah. but he knew i think he's tuned in enough he knew that people would lo- root for him no 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 he's tuned in enough that i think he knew that piers morgan at that time was just desperately trying to gain attention in america oh I like, see. he was trying to get his big break so someone saying to him who are you like would annoy him and then you know shannon's shannon osborne's reacting in her fucking way and he just points at her and goes you know, a pretty lame joke. <laughs> he says something to the effect of, oh, I think Shannon's got a contact tie from all those years living with Ozzy. Again, though, <laughs> it's an ironically corny. He's. Yeah. Clownus, let me tell you this. Clownus was just a little bit younger. Richard Elfman would have cast him in Forbidden Zone. <laughs> it's that same, like, ironically, yeah, it's, it's that, like, ironically cheeky. But it's good. But, like, watching that that clip on America's Got Talent, like, he he clearly doesn't care that he's been voted off. He's just like, all right, now I have, an, now I have a, like, an excuse to yeah. just talk mm-hmm. shit about these fucking millionaires who are sneering at me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really great like as someone who works on that show i guarantee you the like the pas and the runners on that show that season they were like no 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 they <laughs> oh. weren't panicking the, the pas and the runners the, the lower level people were probably watching that on the monitors and just silently going yes you know <laughs> oh, fuck, uh, yes. i don't know about he's got <laughs> no 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 they weren't yeah. because I, I i tell you having worked on these shows the, ju- <laughs> the judges are the least popular people on the show well it's you like, don't well you don't work on the show anymore and that's what's no important. i don't but so. i can tell you that uh, no just that show like any show i've worked on like the talent quote unquote mm. i.e the judges the millionaires the people who turn up at the last minute and do yeah. the least work they're not the popular people yeah. uh when compared with the people who have to you know be there at 5 a.m and the producers clean and toilets like that. People yeah, actually like, work. yeah yeah exactly that so i guarantee you there were people on that show who were just like fucking yes yeah um so then uh, so he says that that little jibe about Aussie, you know, like oh, she she looks like she's got a contact tie from living with Aussie all those years. And Shannon decides to go big bitch and goes like, no, no, nobody disrespects my husband. Oh yeah, and the, I remember the audience are booing and Clamus just goes, oh what, the Prince of Darkness is off limits. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, but I, I think he pointed out on some other, some later interview where he was just like, well, I was confused by, you know, Shannon saying that no one disrespects her. As if no one had ever pointed out that he's a, he was a drug addict. Like, mm. She's on the, at, at the time, she was still on the show The Osbournes, which is entirely presenting uh, Ozzy as like this kind of drug bumbling adult. fucking yeah. idiot who's ruined by drugs. Um, so he may, I, I think, you know, I may be giving him way too much credence, but I think like there was something in there that, you know, I think made a, quite a good point about Shannon Osbourne's career. But anyway, um, then he moves on to Harry Mandel, and he <laughs> it's the simplest thing, but it made me laugh really hard. He just goes, right, bro, before he speaks, I just want to say, Harry Mandel hasn't made anything good since Little Monsters. <laughs> 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 and then a lot the, of truth. And the, a lot audience, of truth. <laughs> and the audience start booing, and he says, and again, it's like kind of muted, but you can hear him. He just goes, What? Do, do you really like Howie Mandel? <laughs> well, I don't do you know really anything he's, he's done since Little Monsters, Bobby's World. Deal or no deal. Yeah, stuff, deal or no know, deal. Like, yeah, yeah. And look, I got to be fair. Like, I, I have met Howie Mandel, and he is really nice, and he is yeah, sure. very supportive of like young comics and stuff. So like, I don't have anything against him. But again, being on the show, that's a funny thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, like, you know, like, you know so immediately. Such a specific reference too. I've seen the, I've seen the clip you're describing, and I'll just say, when I watched it, my thought process was, "Oh, he's doing a bit. Like he's doing." Because he I didn't, knew he was going to get voted up. The thing, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, the thing about Clownvis, which I love, is that I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, I, is he like a musician? Is he like extreme Elvis, where he just does covers, but he um, does something has a gimmick with it? But then I'm like, well, uh, I don't, because honestly, I don't hear him sing that much. But I, in the video you just showed me, he's actually a very good singer. He is a good he's singer because he was a, he was actually a musician. Like that's how we started. Perfect. Yeah. But when I see him on America's Got Talent, I remember it was one of the first things I saw him, and I was like, I, is he like a kind of an ironic insult comic? Because eh. so my experience with Howie Mandel is simply is your is the AGT recounting. Do we have any more on that? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, so as he, far as he his rocks performance Howie on Mandel's world. <laughs> well, yeah, and like Howie, I, I think Howie takes it quite well because Howie does think of himself as a comedian. Yes, like, he, he hasn't. He's not known for stand up now, but I think he would like it. And I that. and I find that but, completely respectable. I like that he keeps in touch with the younger. Like, he tries. He tries. He really does try. Like I have nothing. Mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say about Harry Mandel, but it is still funny for someone on stage. Well, when he's, again, it's when he's doing his million, bit. you know, yeah. his multi-million dollar paid gig for someone to come and say, "You haven't done anything good since Little Monsters." <laughs> little Monsters. And then what's funnier about that is that it presupposes that Little Monsters is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a really funny line. Yeah. And you can tell that how he's like kind of. You know, like acting shot, but he's, but he's yeah. funny and funny, and he just says something like, "Oh yeah, fuck off." And I remember Clownvis, like, because Shannon Osbourne said mm. "fuck off" to him. She's like, "No one dis- disrespects Ozzy on my show. Mm. Fuck off." Yeah. And Clownvis later commented on that and said, I, "She must be the first person to say fuck off to a clown on primetime TV." <laughs> 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 Is this family entertainment? <laughs> She's telling a clown to fuck off. Um, uh, but yeah, no, Howie takes it pretty well. But uh, Nick Cannon is hosting at that point, and he's like in the sidelines, talking about like threatening to beat Clownvis up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just Nick, weird. Nick it's Cannon? fucking Nick Cannon, yeah, yeah, like Nick Cannon being like, "I'm about to whoop some ass." And it's Do you like, remember who Nick Cannon weird. is? He he had a show on Nickelodeon. Wild and was, Out. <laughs> that, was on, that was on MTV. Yeah. Um, his show on Nickelodeon was almost an exact copy of. 
there was some major network show called the Jamie Kennedy Experiment, uh-huh. which was kind of Jamie Kennedy doing a Sasha Baron Cohen style. Like he'd assume a character and then he'd go into. So it'd be like Jamie Kennedy as uh, his like Malibu's most. Wa- I don't know if this is okay to say anywhere, but he was like playing like a wigger type character. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd go in and teach a, a class, but it would be quite funny. And it would be a hidden camera show. Right. Nick Cannon had that exact show, but on Nickelodeon, which was called the Nick Cannon Experiment, which is the most pretentious name you could think of. For, right. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, that's all I'm getting at is uh, Nick Cannon has <laughs> well, no yeah, room. I, mean, look, I think he's Nick, married Nick, to Mariah Carey. He was. Oh, wait, hold they on. Had a very high, high one. Can I tell you another Nick Cannon story? Sure. Because he's one of the most, he's like, uh, what's the way they call it on the internet? A wall cow? Like, he's he just produces humor. Yeah. Unintentionally, as yeah. he continues to exist. Which is, he, uh, Eminem, who... Yeah, I remember all of that. Like, well, the, do you remember Nick Cannon's comeback? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, I know. Slick Nick? I know. Okay. Yeah, all right. I know. I know. Everyone, I know. all right. No one wants to hear about it, but deep, everyone look up <laughs> Slick Nick when you get home. Anyways. You gotta remember, I worked with Nick Cannon. Like, I know... <laughs> I know who this I've, guy is. First, firsthand, I know what that dude is. You've like, met Slick Nick. <laughs> he's the, the, honestly though, like the, the sympathetic part of me just wants to be like that guy was miserable doing that job. Like he, I'm sure, mm. but also didn't know what else to do. Mm. He really didn't like it. Um, anyway, but anyway, uh, yeah. So going back to Clownvis, I think yeah. So that was. Uh, I, I think he said later on he was like I didn't even expect them to air it because. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, all right, I was on for 15 seconds, they buzzed me off, and then I just took the piss out of them and then left. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't even think it would go on, but it did. And, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure he'd be happy to know that years later, people were still talking about that audition in uh, uh, in the workforce on whispered, that show. Whispered tones. Basically, yeah. yeah. It was kind of like, well, did you hear about the clown? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna haunt the clown. Yeah, man. But like, uh, so, so yeah, for a confluence of different things in my life, I, I got to know about this guy, Clownvis, and you know, sort of like looked him up, and I was like, all right, so he does his thing, cool, you know. Uh, but then, yeah, you mentioned him very out of the blue, yeah, a couple of like, maybe a month ago, yeah, and you suddenly started it was on saying, my birthday, I think. Yeah, you started saying, "Have you heard of this guy, Clownvis?" I was like. <laughs> Canvas is still around. <laughs> that guy's still going. You know what though? That's what I love about you, Sean. I can always count on you to have heard of it. Yeah, if I bring only, some stupid thing heard of it, but I had like some fairly direct connection. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never seen Clownvis live. I've never uh, met or spoken yeah. to the person. But yeah, through through my work and through like uh, you know meeting Mike Hickey, who was a friend of his, mm-hmm. I was aware of this guy. And mm. then you mentioned him. I'm like, well, he must be out and about still. Doing something. And yeah, it turns out he's now, uh, during COVID anyway, he's mostly turned to Twitch streaming. Twitch uh, Twitch is very recent for him. So I, to be honest, Clownvis is weird because I don't remember how I heard about him. And it was not the AGT thing. Yeah, how did you get involved? I don't remember. I, I, I found the AGT clip because I saw Clownvis... And then I Googled Clownvis on YouTube, and the AGT thing was the first thing that came up. Right. I don't fucking know how I found out about Clownvis. You don't remember at I'm all? trying to wonder, was he at Booby Trap? Was he... He may well have been, but I think he's actually a bit... You know, he, he does his own tours. Like, he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not, not a small lat. So, know? I don't know how I found Clownvis, but I know that I followed Clownvis on Instagram for a hot minute, and only in the last few weeks... And by the way... 
uh, Clownvis, if you're listening, go to settings on Twitch and turn on save VODs because your VODs are not saving. VODs? Which is when you do a Twitch stream, it will save the whole stream as a video. But it's a setting you have to turn on manually. Otherwise, you'll Twitch stream and it'll be gone to the ether for forever. I think they all get uploaded onto YouTube. No, they don't. I mean, oh. he all he simulcasts. Right. So on YouTube, it saves them automatically. Yeah. But he simulcasts to Twitch, YouTube, and I think he used to do Instagram Live, but he doesn't really do that anymore. Okay. But since I subscribed to him on Twitch uh, for his web show, Clownedus to the Rescue. Uh, yeah, it's good. Have you seen it? Well, you have. He's fucking yeah. compelling. It's really good. He's fucking compelling. <laughs> I watched some like, of them on YouTube. And he's I'm, not bad. It's also, it's so geared towards your interests. I didn't realize. I haven't really watched that, a lot of it, but. <laughs> no, he makes a, did you see the pizza dia one? <laughs> no. Yeah. Like he, he makes a, a new food. He gets two pizzas and turns them up on top of each other like a sandwich. And he's made a pizza dia and then he sings a song about it. I'm like, this is Max's perfect show. Like, th- this is what Max wants the Poor Quality Podcast to be. But this the guy's doing it. Dia. Yeah, he made oh, a pizza dia, and, and he's really happy about it. And I was watching that, you know, I, I haven't caught any of them live just because uh, I've been busy, work or whatever, but um, watching them back, I'm like, yeah, th- there's, something, okay, there's put- something to this that is actually really good, and I, can't qu- I still can't quite figure it out what it is, but that Clown Mattel song that... He yeah. made a video for. I mean, he does a lot of music. He's also got Trafficular, mm-hmm. which is about a vampire that only appears during traffic. Funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, for, for whatever reason, that Clown Mattel song, I thought it's was good. Really, I was, really I was, good. I was like, this is good. It's really, really um, good. And like <laughs> the idea. Of, I mean, I don't know where we're gonna play it in this podcast. I am gonna play it though. I hope you play um, it at the beginning. I was the intro. <laughs> the rest is bonus. Yeah, the idea of this real, like, kind of low rent motel in Vegas. Well, I'm Vegas adjacent. The clown motel. <laughs> this clown wants to die and live there as a yeah. ghost. If, you, if, you find you ca- really if he catches you haunting room 222 or whatever, he's going to scare the shit out of you. Yeah. I'll say this. Uh, There's also an ICP reference in there. I don't know one? if he caught it. No. He says something like uh, some clowns want to be in a big big time show some of us want to haunt a dark carnival now the dark oh, carnival yeah no i know the dark it, carnival yeah i know the that's dark a big carnival part of the icp mythos the oh, juggalo mythos do i ever know about <laughs> i don't think we could get the ice i don't think we could icp on the show but i if you're listening guys i would love <laughs> to try and get clownvis and i don't say that because i think clownvis is low on the totem pole quite the opposite however i've seen enough clownvis to the rescues where he says repeatedly he says i'll play anything he says i'll play any gig from a church basement to the gathering of the juggalos from all i understand that i've had no contact with him myself mm-hmm. but um i don't want to give out his real name here in case it's not meant definitely to be known. don't definitely okay don't. but yeah i know enough about the guy to know that he's uh, I mean, the thing—the thing I think I like about him is that he's a little bit like me. I think mm-hmm. he definitely seems to have similar heroes, mm-hmm. right? Like he seems to—I mean, Mike Hickey knows him, and Greg Tokenson knows him. I think he seems to very much look up to Greg. Like he called mm-hmm. into um, 
when they were doing Tom Green's Weber Vision. I mean, this is really geeky, but I yeah, hope they he didn't call into office hours with Tim Heidecker. No, okay. uh, not that I know of. But uh, yeah, no, he, he called into Weber Vision when they were on, and I was like, oh, and that's another time I heard Clownverse because I'd, I'd met my Kiki already. Then they did that Weber Vision, and then this guy calls in, and he's like a good looking. He looks kind of like my Patton. He's like a very he's handsome. Yeah, he's like a good looking dude. Calls in, and at the very end, they say, "Well, since we're being honest here, do you know Clownverse by any chance?" Mm-hmm. And they kind of made it obvious that that was Clownvis. And this was years ago I saw that. Um, so, the, again, this Clownvis guy keeps coming up in my... Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, he seems like a, <laughs> a kindred spirit in some ways. And like you say, very similar to Thrombosis the Horror Clown. <laughs> I'll say this. I will drop everything if we can get an interview with Clownvis. Clownvis can... has said on stream many times, I will play any gig. And I think that also means he'll do any podcast. Listen, <laughs> have you have you interacted with him? Cut this out. Him? Cut this out. Have you interacted with him on stream? No. Would he know your your screen name or anything? Oh, I should start doing that. Start doing that. I should yeah. ingratiate myself. Ingratiate yeah. yourself Dude, on your he side. He sees Count Frenulum. I'll do it on my side. He sees Count <laughs> Frenulum on fucking. Oh my god, dude, Clavis. That's because I love watching his streams. I'm sure, and we I can watch get him, him, but yeah. I don't talk. And it's always, I'll be honest with you, when I watch his streams, it's like six people. And it's just kind of one guy talking over and over and over. I think it's the manager of Max Sabbath. I'm not sure who it is, but oh it's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, it's not him. Oh, it's, it's not, uh, okay. <laughs> I just think about him all the time because when you say Mike Hickey, I always think of him. His name is Mike Odd, O D D. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I hope we can get Clamus on the show. I That'd would be great. Be, I would just on Skype or something. I he probably lives in L A. If he's he comfortable, we can meet somewhere. I would just bring him here. Yeah, if, here, if he is to, yeah. here is somewhere. Here is somewhere. Okay, I'm saying I will bend my schedule. I will go anywhere to do an interview with Clownvis. I would love to talk to him because he, he's got. Um, he's I, awesome. I, well, not only is, his, is he awesome, but like he 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 has some knowledge too. Like he knows a lot of stuff. Do you want this last one or should I take it? Oh, you take it. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Yeah. All right. So Can you drive uh, me home? hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive you home. Though. Thanks. <laughs> so hopefully at some hey, point when we'll get... is here, I'm going to make him drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, speaking of uh, entertainment, you can imagine Clownvis being the real life, <laughs> the real life, absolutely entertainment, a working guy. entertainer. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, he is. He, he's very prolific. And honestly, I really, really like that song. I really do. Well, I I've always, really I've always respected. Um, road dogs you know Mm -hmm. and that's a term that gets used to apply to comedians but i've honestly just i'm not enough into comedy to know road dogs that are real road dogs we always talk about like dave attell oh yeah but but he's huge yeah dave attell could sell out a theater yeah easily but he's he's cited as a road dog Mm. but i remember when i was a kid in high school i would find bands off of myspace and those were fucking road dogs, to which I don't think they were being paid for their shows. I think they <laughs> right, were only yeah. making whatever they sold on merch. They probably break even on gas. That's about it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, they they would crash at people's places. If I didn't mm-hmm. live with my parents, they would have crashed with me, Amanda Palmer style, <laughs> except she didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, right, my band, my unpaid um, band can crash with you. I'll be in the Four Seasons. No, Amanda Palmer. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> Amanda Palmer was sitting on the couch with some old Mexican abuela, and she's got her feet kicked up on her back like a human fucking, like a human ottoman. 
<laughs> I was surprised. I watched the. She's uh, writing a book, the the art of asking. Oh my god! Uh, oh, you have you seen that? No. Anyway, uh, we don't need to talk about it. But I don't keep I don't keep track of Amanda Palmer. She's I love her music. I, I love her music. She like. seems like a reprehensible <laughs> human being, but I love her music. Anyway, all right. Clownvis, please come on the show. Please, <laughs> I would love to have Clownvis on. Yeah. I'm going to say this next part, and I and if it sounds too denigrating of Clownvis, you can cut it out. But I just recently watched an episode of Clownvis to the Rescue. Which is, uh, so he presented it like a bit. So he, he posted something on his Instagram. On a, it was either a reel or a story or one of those. And some young influencer, I don't know how old Clownvis is, but I'm guessing this influencer was 30 years his junior. I don't know. I don't think Clownvis is that old. <laughs> I think his, was this like a five-year-old? <laughs> I don't know how old Clownvis is. Five-year-old influencer? <laughs> but this is like a young kid influencer. And he posted a song... That was uh, Jack and Diane by John Cougar Mellencamp, right? Do you know this song? Little ditty about Jack and Diane. So there's a funny line in that song, which is they go, Sucking on chili dogs outside Coney Island. Which is one of Clownvis's hits. Sucking on a chili I see you know this. Yeah, of course I do. I'm I'm Clownvis literate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny because it's actually interesting because I heard them talking to each other, but neither of them talked about another source where I've heard the same goddamn joke, which is um, a podcast that was like spawned off from the Earwolf Network called Freedom. Lauren Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins, and Scott Ackerman. Mm -hmm. And they were obsessed with just constantly being like, sucking on chili dogs. And they even sold t-shirts that said, sucking on chili dogs. So this is something that everyone has noticed. Oh, okay. This is a funny line in a song. Okay. Anyway, Clownvis allegedly... Not allegedly, there's evidence. <laughs> Clownvis <laughs> has done this as a, as a staple in his live show for a long time, which is he sings Jack and Diane... But he just replaces all the words with sucking on chili dogs. <laughs> Is funny. it an insular joke? Yes. It's good. But it's good. <laughs> it's funny. Now, this kid on like TikTok did the exact same joke. I believe completely independently, except I believe if, if this kid was ripping off anything, it was probably Freedom and not Clownvis. Right. That could be wrong. <laughs> but whatever. So this kid independently. So Clownvis posted a TikTok that was like... Some TikTok famous boy has uh, stolen my joke. How do I feel about this? Tune in tonight, 6 p.m. on Twitch.tv. Clownvis to the rescue. And we're going to interview this man. So I tuned in thinking it was going to be a bit, right? Because I'm like, there's no way he could be mad about this. And he wasn't. Clownvis is a good guy. He's not a dick. But I tuned in to Clownvis to the rescue. And I listened to these assholes talking for 40, I'd say 40 to 60 minutes, completely sincerely about like, absolutely, sucking on chili dogs is a great joke. And I, <laughs> and I don't I don't fault you for coming to it, but I was upset with myself for not ever monetizing it on TikTok prior to you. And TikTok kid is like, I just thought it was such a great joke. And they're all talking <laughs> unironically about how replacing all the words of Jack sure. like a come down bit. No, like that's <laughs> funny, yeah, that, that itself is funny though. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> and, and you, but Clownvis, please come on the show. Like, <laughs> no, that is funny as fuck, <laughs> dude. Red Scare in the past three weeks has <laughs> not in the past three weeks, but since quarantine, Red Scare has gotten Adam Curtis, Steve Bannon, and Slavo Zizek. I don't care about Red Scare. 
But what I'm telling you is, if they can get those three, we can get Clownvis. We, clown we can own, yeah. Get Clownvis on fucking poor quality podcast. If you have a Twitter account, Nate, Robert, Tim, whoever's listening, if you have a Twitter account, tweet at Clownvis incessantly. Go on the poor quality podcast. Have you heard his uh, Christmas song? No. It's called Don't Be a Bitch or You Won't Get Gifts for Christmas. <laughs> to the to the tune of uh, Santa Claus is Coming for Town. That's funny! Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Uh, basically, the lyrics are unchanged, except it's... You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not. Whatever I'm telling you why. Don't, Don't be, be a bitch or you won't, won't get, get gifts for Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I seem to recall that... Um, don't be a bitch is one of his catchphrases. I'll bet it comes from that song. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. But, yeah, that, that was another song. Oh, Clownvis. If I could talk to Clownvis, and Clownvis, if you come on the show, if we do a Skype call, either keep your video off or be in makeup. Oh, you want him to be in character? I don't care. I just want to meet. I, I want to know what I, I want to know what happened. Dude, you know, there's like, two. There's what, two big people. What, li- what leads you to to becoming Clownvis? There's Presley? two big people I want to interview. And I know this sounds weird, but this is if someone is like you can interview anyone. One would be Clownvis, right? The other would be even like I mean not even I mean significantly less popular than Clownvis, which is this girl Heather H. I think who is the social media outreach manager of the Lewis Carroll Society of North America. Oh my God. <laughs> she she hosted a podcast called Alice is Everywhere. And I want to get her on the pod, not on this pod. I'm gonna yeah, do I'll, your own. I'll do yeah. something else. <laughs> it's just called the interviewing Heather H. Pod. I won't be involved in that one. I don't think. Yeah. Um, no, we uh, we yeah. Well, we can reach out to Clownverse and see Please. what he thinks. I will do but, it. We, how about we both do it independently? We see who gets it first. <laughs> no, that's confusing. I'll send I'll send Clownvis dick pics. You'll be like, wait, there are two different guys on this poor quality podcast. Or... It's a two host thing, dude. We're both aggro. We don't have a social media. Oh, make I a, don't have make social a media. Separate, you do. Make a separate Gmail account. Pretend to be our our agent. No, dude. I would just ask him straight Mike up. Mike Hickey at poorqualitypodcast.com. No, I, I might ask. I, I might try and get in touch with Mike again and ask him if he can get me mm-hmm. in touch with Clownvis. Mm-hmm. Mike knows me. He knows that I'm nice. Mm-hmm. He knows that I'm not going to bring him on as like a gotcha type interview. Oh, no. 100%. If we talk to Clownvis, it's going to be with 100% reverence. Well, yeah. I, I have nothing bad to say. Look, any, anything he's done that we might be like, oh, well, that's stupid. It's like, well, we've done worse. And we oh, don't my even God. Have- Someone, the, worst, <laughs> the worst thing Clownvis has ever done is better than the best thing I've ever done. And mm-hmm. I mean that. Yeah, exactly. Bring so, Clownvis uh, out, dude. I love this guy. Yeah, we'll get Clownvis on. Clownvis right. is my hero. I'm surprised he's Clownvis never been on Booby Trap. He must have been, at least once. He might have been. But honestly, I think he predates Booby Trap a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I think he's he had his own show at the Improv for like once a month. You know, he, he was he was. Doing Would it be good. awesome if he was like, if he came on and he... Because I'll say one thing about Clownvis. He seems like he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, he'll talk about whoever. Yeah. Well, so I want to be like, is Scott Neary a dick? Because I'll bet he I, is. I can tell you if he's a dick. <laughs> you don't need Clownvis to tell you that. But you don't understand. The one time I've seen Booby Trap, Scott Neary wasn't even hosting. Mm-hmm. It was Mike Kaplan. <laughs> and that guy was a dick. Mike Kaplan. You know Mike Kaplan? Yeah, from M-Y-Q? America's Got Talent. Yeah. He was on there? Yeah. As a comedian? Yeah. He did well. How? He's so unfunny. 
He did well on America's Got Talent. He did better than Clownvis. The massive Clownvis got voted off. The massive <laughs> men lead lives of quiet desperation. If fucking Mike Kaplan is getting further than Clownvis, you're a fucking asshole. But that's the idea of America's Got Talent, is that it pushes forward the most basic shit. Yeah. And uh, ignores all the stuff I don't stuff know. The boy fun. with tape on his face was cool. Tape boy? Tape face, as they called him. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that he adopted that. He's tape face now. In Vegas, he's, no, just, he's just tape face. He's not yeah. the boy with tape on Americans his face. Americans can't get it, yeah. Too many words. Um, <laughs> it confuses us, dude. <laughs> the boy it's like the Philosopher's Stone versus the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Let's just wrap up, do our chess, and then get going. All right. All right, all right. So what have we covered today? So what have we learned? Clown this. <laughs> Clownvis, all sorts of issues, but you know what? Here's what it's really all about: is uh, going to patreoncom slash poor quality podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good investment, trust me. It's, yeah. uh, dollar sign PQP, <laughs> and we're going to the moon, boys. Going to the moon. All right, all right, Bye. see you. Then. <laughs>